Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end, using the original language as a guide. We are in Numbers chapter 18, Bemidbar in Hebrew is the name of that book, and I'm in the wilderness, and we are reading, we have just read about the Karah Rebellion, and we have learned that Yahweh very much clearly <laughs> made it known that he has chosen the sons of Aaron to minister before him in the tabernacle. Okay, and of course the temple. So, we are reading from the New King James Version Bible, and I would pray that Yahweh God would give us lots of insight and only his truth, and just open our eyes, ears, and hearts to receive. Then Yahweh said to Aaron, You and your sons and your father's house with you shall bear the iniquity related to the sanctuary. Notice that word related is added in, but it helps for clarification. And you and your sons with you shall bear the iniquity associated with your priesthood. Also bring with you your brethren, the tribe of Levi, the tribe of your father, that they may be joined with you and serve you while you and your sons are with you before the tabernacle of witness. They shall attend to your needs and all the needs of the tabernacle, but they shall not come near the articles of the sanctuary and the altar, lest they die, they and you also. So this is what Korah got in trouble for. Korah are the sons of Levi, and they could help with the needs of the tabernacle, but Aaron was chosen to do this position. And Korah came against Moses and Aaron and said, you take too much on yourselves. You know, God speaks to all of us. We're all holy, basically. And this is where we as believers <laughs> need to get back to that humble place because, like I said before on a couple podcasts ago, even King David wasn't hearing from Yahweh. He heard Yahweh through the prophets sent to him. When he had questions, he would bring the prophet, hold of the prophetess or Nathan or whoever it was, and they were sent to him. And he had to be humble and he had to, had, he had to know and have that discernment they were the prophet of Yahweh. And so we can't be so bullheaded that we say, well, if God doesn't give me a dream or tell me directly, I'm not doing it. I will tell you this. His, like I have heard Christians tell me, um, I remember when I first came to Torah, this Catholic woman said to me, I understand Saturday's a Sabbath, but God has not told me that nor come to me. Now, even at my age of 25, I was like dumbfounded because I'm like, what I heard Yahweh say in my ear and what was very obvious was, but it's already written. He did speak it. He spoke it through Moses years ago. And do you remember Jesus, Yeshua's words in the New Testament where uh, Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom and the rich man was like in this really bad hot place and he was suffering and he said, let me go and warn my brothers. Well, what did they say to him? They said, no, no, no. They already have Moses and the prophets. If they don't listen to them, they won't listen to you either. And so that's what we need to remember. We might not feel convicted because our spirit and our heart has deadened to it. Because his word is his word and it has always and already been there. And so if we aren't feeling convicted, then the problem is with us and within us. Because his word, he has already spoken. And if we are not humble enough to understand and submit ourselves to what Moses said, then we're going to have the fate of that rich man who, you know, wants to go warn people, 
but it can't because they're not listening. We're, or okay, like our people would want to warn us, but then we couldn't because our hearts would be hard because we're not even listening to Moses and the prophet. That's a better analogy. So let's listen <laughs> to what Yahweh already wrote through his prophets. Okay. And, and I do want to side note, many books in the Apophrica claim to be, and, and we know there are books that are not found right now. The book of Jasher, the book of Gad, the book of, there's all sorts of things. The book of Nathan, the prophet. And some people claim that this book of Enoch is of Yahweh. But just be very careful because, first of all, the Torah tells us in Deuteronomy that anything that is of him has to has to um, align with his Torah. There are many places in the book of Enoch that do not align with his Torah. And the man who discovered the book of Enoch, the king had um, set forth a reward and said, whoever finds this will get a big reward. So this man puts together a ship, just happens to go on some trip to Ethiopia. And even though they haven't found it for thousands of years before then, all of a sudden he found it. <laughs> right? <laughs> when money is involved, you can do anything. And of course, that one line in the book of Jude already quoted the book of Enoch. And so it's easy to know that, that what that verse was and to put just that in there to make it seem like the rest of the book then was of Enoch. But be careful. Be careful, be careful. I know Yahweh has always told me not to follow that book. And I personally see it has contradicted many areas in Torah. But I don't want to get into that debate right now. (laughs) My point is, just make sure you are listening to what Yahweh has spoken through his prophets. His true prophets, the ones that are tested and tried. Verse 4. They shall be joined with you and attend to the needs of the tabernacle of meeting for all the work of the tabernacle, but an outsider shall not come near you. So that means Levi and Aaron kind of have the, the this position where the outsiders can't join to it because you can't you can't have the tribe of Benjamin come over there. You can't do because it, it really was this was a specified tribe which was supposed to do it to do these duties like Karah tried to do incorrect position. So, okay, verse five, and you shall attend to the duties of the sanctuary and the duties of the altar, that there may be no more wrath on the children of Israel. So basically this is your job. Know what to do so that you make sure it's done correctly. So there is no wrath on the children of Israel for doing it incorrectly. Behold, I myself have taken your brethren, the Levites from among the children of Israel. They are a gift to you given by Yahweh to do the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Therefore, you and your sons with you shall attend to your priesthood for everything at the altar and behind the veil, and you shall serve. I give your priesthood to you as a gift for service, but the outsider who comes near shall be put to death. So the sons of Aaron, this is their gift, which I love that. I love that it's a gift. And they have to guard it. They can't let the outsiders come near. Now, symbolically, I know the children of Israel are made into kingdoms and priests for Yahweh, but it is different than this particular priesthood. And we read about that when we get to the book of Ezekiel, specifically Ezekiel's chapter 40 to the end shows very specifically that when Jesus Yeshua returns, the sons of Zadok of the sons of Aaron will again be the ones to minister before the altar. God doesn't ever change. I love him. He's awesome. (laughs) And Yahweh spoke to Aaron. Here I myself have also given you the charge of my heave offerings, all the holy gifts of the children of Israel. I have given them as a portion to you and your sons as an ordinance forever. So for doing this work, like, you know, taking care of the furnishings and all the stuff in the temple, they get these, the heave offerings from the children of Israel. 
This shall be yours of the most holy things reserved from the fire. Every offering of theirs, every grain offering, and every sin offering, and every trespass offering, which they render to me, shall be most holy for you and your sons. So this is what they eat. In a most holy place you shall eat it. Every male shall eat it. It shall be holy to you. Okay, again, I know we've referenced this before to the Last Supper, where some people mistakenly and incorrectly taught that that was the Passover meal. It could not have been. All of the sacrifices and the offerings had to have been eaten in a holy place. The courtyard. Because you had to be clean to enter it. You had to purify for this holiday for that holiday. And right here again, it's showing when you eat these things, it has to be eaten in a holy place. This also is yours. The heave offering of their gift with all the wave offerings of the children of Israel. I have given them to you and your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance forever. Whoever, who, everyone who is clean in your house may eat it. Okay. So there are some gifts that are given to them that if in your household, doesn't mean like within your house walls, but they have to be clean to eat it because, um, well, because it was already holy. <laughs> so you couldn't be in your customary impurity as a woman. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to eat it at that time. If you had relations with your spouse, you would not eat it at that time until you're clean. Verse 12, all the best of the oil, all the best of the new wine and the grain, their first fruits which they offer to Yahweh, I have given them to you. Do you notice it doesn't go to a Christian pastor? I want to, I know. Here I am with my soapbox again. But point out, the Christian church teaches that the law went away. And they say the law was nailed to the cross, which is not in scripture. It says the penalty of the law was nailed to the cross, right? Our, the penalty of our sin was eternal separation from God. And that was nailed to the cross because in Yeshua, when we turn to him, we can be forgiven and thus raised from the dead and live with the Lord even eternally if we accept that gift. Now, the pastors say you don't have to obey any of the laws, but then they'll say sometimes, well, you should obey the Ten Commandments except for the fourth, which is keep the Sabbath holy, which is that word Sabbath there is uh, Shabbat, which only means Saturday, okay? And they will literally say this. <laughs> and then they say, make sure you tithe. Do you notice that in the Ten Commandments, not one of those Ten Commandments is a tithe or an offering to the priests? <laughs> so, why is it, and I'm just asking you for a logic thing, this is for you to be sharing, so the law went away, except for the Ten Commandments, except for the fourth, you don't have to do the fourth, you can do the other nine, those are good, but don't worry about that fourth one, but the Ten Commandments, except for that nine, and then, and then you know, just go ahead and throw in this, the tithe too, even though it's not in the Ten Commandments. What? Like, do you remember the New Testament where it says, if you break one of the laws, you break them all, if you keep one, you must keep them all? What it's saying is they go together. They go together. You can't be a hypocrite. Like if you break one law, you're going to break them all because in God's eyes, he's calling us to be holy. He's calling us to follow or not follow. We can't. And, and, and the problem in the New Testament, what they were always coming against was Judaism, not the Torah, not true believers. Do you notice the whole land of Israel was full of Jewish people? Those were the tribe of Judah that had returned after the dispersion of Babylon. The 10 northern tribes had not yet returned, and they still haven't. But they're in the land, and do you notice all the first believers were Jewish? But notice they were the Jews who weren't obeying Judaism. They were the Jews following the Torah. And the Jews in Judaism were the ones that would not hear our Messiah. But the ones who were not in Judaism, who were just following the Torah, who had the pure hearts, 
who were not religious, but they were faithful, those are the ones to whom Yahweh could speak. Just like today, no Christian church would let in our Messiah. None. They wouldn't let him in. They would bar him because he would have tal- uh, a talit on and he would have zitzit on and he would, have a, um, he would be quoting the Torah and turning them to Torah. They don't want that. And so he would be against the religious section, but calling out the ones who have a tender heart for him, who just want to follow him, who want to follow Torah in spirit and in truth, Moses and Elijah. Okay, let's keep reading. Verse 13, whatever first ripe fruit is in their land, which they bring to Yahweh shall be yours. Everyone who is clean in your house may eat it. Again, they have to be clean. Why? Because it's holy. Every devoted thing in Israel shall be yours. Everything that first opens the womb of all flesh, which they bring to Yahweh, whether man or beast, shall be yours. Nevertheless, the firstborn of man you shall surely redeem, and the firstborn of unclean animals you shall redeem. Because Yahweh doesn't want those. Because you can't, you know, he doesn't want you to eat the donkey. (laughs) And he already took the sons of Levi instead of the firstborn of men. And those redeemed of the devoted things you shall redeem when one month old, according to your valuation, for five shkalim, or shekels of silver, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, which is 20 geras. But the firstborn of a cow, the firstborn of a sheep, or the firstborn of a goat, you shall not redeem. They are holy. You shall sprinkle their blood on the altar and burn their fat as an offering made by fire for a sweet aroma to Yahweh. So this is an agricultural society. The firstborn of their animals they bring to Yahweh. And guess what? It's their burnt offering. And their flesh shall be yours, just as the wave breast and the right thigh are yours. All the heave offerings of the holy things, which the children of Israel offer to Yahweh, I have given to you and your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before Yahweh with you and your descendants with you. Now, you'll always see, well, many times see this covenant of salt in scripture. And salt works its way in everything. It gives a flavor. We are the salt of the earth. And and salt was like a monetary unit back in the day. And so... It basically, I think, is a, 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 you can't break it. <laughs> His covenants don't get broken, right? And and you can't get the salt out from the bread once it's in. You can't get. You just can't do it. It's there. It's forever. Then Yahweh said to Aaron, "You shall have no inheritance in their land, nor shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the children of Israel." And I don't know why that just makes my heart just filled with so much love every time I hear that. It's so beautiful. So they don't get any land. They just get portions. You're going to see that as they divide up the land of Israel, they get little portions to work the land so that they can grow their food when they're not serving in the tabernacle or temple. So they have this rotation system and Yahweh says, "I'm your portion. I'm your inheritance." So I'm going to you're going to have me I'm sorry if you hear my husband in the background making funny noises. He just came home. (laughs) So he doesn't know I'm doing a podcast. So anyway, if you heard a really weird noise, that's what it was. So remember this. Yahweh right here tells the sons of Aaron that he is their inheritance. So that is just beautiful and it's awesome. Verse 21. Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Who did it go to? The sons of Levi. Who may not take their place? Any outsider. Mm, Better be careful. Better be careful, Babylonian priests. Hereafter, the children of Israel shall not come near the tabernacle of meeting, lest they bear sin and die. 
But the Levites shall perform the work of the tabernacle meeting, and they shall bear their iniquity. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations that among the children of Israel they shall have no inheritance. So not all of the children are going to do this anymore. It's the sons of Levite, and they have to be careful because they're going to bear iniquity if it's done wrong. For the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer up as a heave offering to Yahweh, I have given to the Levites as an inheritance. Therefore I have said to them among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. So they have no land, they get the tithe. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak thus to the Levites and say to them, When you take from the children of Israel the tithes, which I have given you from them as your inheritance, then you shall offer up as a heave offering of it to Yahweh a tenth of the tithe. So they're already giving, the children of Israel give a tenth to the Levites, and then the Levites give a tenth to Aaron. And your heave offering shall be reckoned to you as though it were the grain of the threshing floor and as the fullness of the wine press. Thus you shall also offer a heave offering to Yahweh from all your tithes which you receive from the children of Israel, and you shall give Yahweh's heave offering from it to Aaron the priest. Of all your gifts you shall offer up every heave offering due to Yahweh from all the best of them, the consecrated part of them. Therefore you shall say to them, when you have lifted up the best of it, then the rest shall be accounted to the Levites as the produce of the threshing floor and as the produce of the winepress. Basically it's theirs. Even though it was holy and given to them as a tithe, it's going to be counted as though they grew it. It's, it's theirs. It's their food. Except for that tenth, okay? You may eat it in any place. Do you get what I'm saying? So this isn't counted so that what they get from the children of Israel is not counted as holy, um, okay, it's counted as holy from the children of Israel, but for the Levites, then it's counted as though if they had just raised it themselves, as though they had threshed it or if they had produced it. Listen to 31, it'll clarify. You may eat it in any place, you and your households, for it is your reward for your work in the tabernacle meeting. So basically, this is your provision, your food, because you can't, you can't be out there working always because you're working in the tabernacle, so you can't work the field. So when they bring this, you get this portion. 90% of it remains yours, and all your household eats of this. This is not the holy part. You don't have to be clean. Anybody in your home can eat of it. Notice the difference. He already clarified for the holy part that they to partake of it, you had to be clean. This one you don't. Anybody can eat of it in your home. <laughs> and you shall bear no sin because of it. Why did he have to clarify? Because with the other offering... You would be sinning and you would bear sin if you ate it outside of the holy place. So, and you shall bear no sin because of it when you have lifted up the best of it, but you shall not profane the holy gifts of the children of Israel lest you die. So, did you get that? I just want to recap that. So, the heave offerings, I'm sorry. So, if we back up to verse 26, the tithes from the children of Israel the Levites get because they aren't able to work the land because they're doing the tabernacle duty. They don't have land of their own even usually, but um, they get, well, they get these little portions. But because they're working for Yahweh, they get this stuff given to them. And normally because it had been given to Yahweh, it would be counted as holy, but they need sustenance for their whole families. Okay. And so they give a 10th of it to the sons of Aaron and the 90% of it is counted as though is reckoned to them as though it were their from their own threshing floors and wine presses, just like the rest of the children of Israel. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> if not, just message me. I'll explain it. Have a blessed day, everyone.